Live from this is the Just End the Suffering Podcast. For the win. Got it! Oh! He broke his head. Follow me. Follow me to freedom. Ready for this. Here's your host, Mike Phillips. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Just End the Suffering Podcast. Your New York sports talk from a long-suffering fan. I'm your host, Mike Phillips. Once again, getting ready for more football this week. We had a lot of football talk on the podcast already this week. We spoke to Mike Sando of The Athletic in our NFL preview show on Tuesday. It was a great conversation. I recommend you check that out. We also spoke to Robert Mays, the host of The Athletic's football show podcast. We spoke to him on Friday. Previewed the week one slate. Got a good stuff there. I have another bonus NFL conversation to you. I'm speaking to Jim Trotter of the NFL Media in just a minute. Touch on some more storylines are going around the league right after this and get you in the mood for a little football here. Play our pick music, but we'll get us set up for our conversation with Jim Trotter. I am back here on the podcast talking to NFL reporter Jim Trotter for NFL Media, talking more football. Jim, how are you doing today? Doing well. How are you? Doing very good. I have to say, it feels good to have football back. I just feel like there's so many storylines to keep an eye on this year. What are some that you're looking forward to watching this season? Uh, I think first and foremost, it's it's, um, COVID-19 and how it's going to impact the season. So. You know, fortunately, we didn't have many instances or, or um, infections during training camp, which was a positive, and I think a credit to the NFL, the NFLPA, the medical staff, and most importantly, the players who were very disciplined and took um, took this whole issue seriously. But now we move into a new new phase where we now have travel, stay in hotels, those sorts of things, and so it's going to be interesting to see if there's any um, impact from that, but... That's the number one storyline. And then after that, it's all about, you know, football. And every year we have storylines. This year, Tom Brady moving, um, the changes in Dallas, Ben Roethlisberger coming back. Can the 49ers take that final step? Can the Chiefs become the first team since the Patriots in 03-04, I believe it was, to repeat? So all sorts of fun things. Um, But like you, I'm just happy we have football back. I am too. And you mentioned Tom Brady this, this year going to, out of Tampa Bay. I just feel like this last couple of years sort of been like a changing of the guard at the quarterback where for years we had the Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, Drew Brees contingent. Now it feels like the younger guys starting to take over. How does it feel like to just, you know, sort of see this change happen now where now we're heading towards the Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson era of the NFL? Um, I love it. It not only is a change of, of from older to younger, but it's also a change in terms of the racial demographics as well. You know, for uh, decades, the NFL did not have uh, black quarterbacks. And now look at some of the top young players 
in the NFL at that position, whether it's a Russell Wilson, a Patrick Mahomes, a Deshaun Watson, a Lamar Jackson. Um, I just think that that's a positive in terms of not only football, but, but society and how certain barriers are being broken down. So, um, so I'm excited about it. And the thing that I like as well is that, you know, with Lamar Jackson last year, what I loved is that it showed there are different ways to win football games. And, and for almost the entire time, you know, two, three decades that I've been covering the NFL, you know, all you heard about were pocket passers, pocket passers, and people were so rigid in their thinking. And now to have Jeff, John Harbaugh and Greg Roman and the Ravens staff say, no, we're going to buy in and build around the skill set of this dynamic young player, I thought was tremendous as well. And so we're seeing more of that when you talk about the Kyler Murrays or even the Russell Wilsons, those type players who have not only uh, can win from the pocket, but also win on the perimeter. Yeah, they definitely do make the game more dynamic and more exciting to watch. And I do feel like it's definitely going to be fun this year, especially if the, in the AFC. You have Kansas City and Baltimore on top of the conference. How do you think the rest of the leagues or conference settles in behind those two? Who do you think are the next like teams to watch in the AFC? Oh, the team I'm most intrigued with uh, are the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, look, they had Ben Roethlisberger for six quarters last year. They had some of the worst quarterback play in recent memory. And yet they finished eight and eight and darn near made the playoffs. That defense um, was young at the time. It grew up. It matured quickly. It got back to playing the type of defense that we have known um, from the Pittsburgh Steelers really since the 70s. Um, so from that standpoint, that was exciting. Now, those other players on offense that had to do some maturing and growing did. And now you bring back a, a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback who looks motivated, who looks healthy. Um, to me, I think Pittsburgh's going to be right there in the hunt for for um, the AFC Championship. Yeah, I'm excited to watch them as well. I think, unfortunately, I'm, a New, I'm based in New York here. It doesn't look too great for New York football right now. What are your thoughts on the Jets and the Giants this year? Uh, I'm like you. I, I'm not expecting a whole lot. Um, you know, I, I think Joe Judge perplexes me. You know, we've seen the, 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 the new coach who comes in trying to be a hard-ass and and it very rarely works out well. So uh, I'm intrigued to see what he's going to do there because, quite frankly, I didn't think that he deserved that job over some other candidates who were available. And based on resume, based on experience, um, based on track record. So we'll see what happens there. In New York, there always seems to be drama. I'm, not, I'm sorry, I don't mean New York. I mean the Jets. There always seems to be drama with the Jets of late. And um, I'm interested to see how that plays out. I know Le'Veon Bell has come back in tremendous shape. I know that the team did have discussions uh, with other clubs about possibly moving Le'Veon in the offseason. But I'm really concerned about um, Sam Darnold here from the standpoint of does he have the weapons that he needs to be successful? And I'm not so sure he does on the perimeter. You know, Denzel Mims hasn't been able to stay healthy. Uh, they lose Robbie Anderson. Um, they have another player opt out. Uh, at the wide receiver position because of COVID-19. So I'm just not certain how it's going to play out in, uh, with the Jets, you know, as well as losing Jamal. So uh, I think it's going to be a long year for both those clubs. Yeah, it's unfortunate because New York has been a long time since we've been football relevant outside of the Bills. But I do think the there could be some surprise teams this year. Who are some teams you think are people are not talking enough about that could make a run for the playoffs? 
Oh, I think with an extra playoff team being added this year, obviously, you know, a team like Pittsburgh that didn't make the playoffs a year ago, I think has that opportunity. I think Arizona is going to surprise a lot of people. Um, not only getting DeAndre Hopkins uh, in that trade to to upgrade that offense and making some moves in the draft, but also people forget defensively. Um, this club had issues even before week one last year where it started losing defensive linemen for conduct and lack of performance. And then Patrick Peterson misses the first six games. Robert Alford misses the season with an injury. Um, so Vance Joseph, their coordinator, was decimated um, right from the start. And I think that they've gone out this offseason. They have made additions that, that, on paper at least, look like they are the right ones, whether it's talking about drafting Isaiah Simmons in the first round, and now you have someone who should be able to clean up um, coverage of the tight end, which the Cardinals struggled at dramatically last year. You add players on the on the um, defensive line, and you add what you hope are a couple of edge rushers, you know, and Devon Kennard and, and um, some others who can help complement uh, Chandler Jones. So I'm excited to see what, what they're going to do. And another team to keep your eye on that people are talking a lot about because of who's in that division is the Atlanta Falcons. Um, they restocked that offensive line a year ago through the draft. They're healthy. Um, they've made some moves in terms of their coaching staff last year, switching around some folks on on the defensive side. I think with Raheem Morris having a full off season to kind of implement what he wants to do defensively, I think the Falcons are going to be a club that, that people aren't talking about right now, but will be in the mix as well. Yeah, I think they're one of the teams I like to be a sleeper team this year. I want to go the other way, too. There's some teams you feel like could be primed for a bad year that people have high expectations for right now. Yeah, you know, for me, I'm not buying in yet on Tennessee. Um, I think that we've seen historically that teams get hot at a certain time of year, particularly if they're healthy, everything comes together. I need to see more than just half a season from Ryan Tannehill to say that that he is the player that we saw over the second half of last season into the playoffs. I need to see that Derrick Henry, after getting paid, um, with all of the carries that he's had, is going to be able to stay healthy. You know, I need to see that they can offset the loss of, of, of Jack Conklin. Um, I need to see that defensively, Jadavian Clowney is going to consistently give them what they're hoping for when they signed him. These are all things that, in my mind, say, hmm, I'm not so sure because I think that that division upgraded, at least in Indianapolis, with um, Phillip Rivers going there and with DeForest Buckner coming in. And I also think that, look, Houston has won that division, um, I think, either three out of the last four or four out of the last five years, if memory serves me right. And I'm not one who's going to overreact to what happened um, uh, Thursday night with them losing to the Chiefs, you know, um, following the Chiefs Super Bowl year. So I think I think Tennessee is one of those clubs in my mind that takes a step back. Um, the other thing I think that's interesting, too, is I think San Francisco's win total might not be as good, but they might be a better club, if that makes sense. I think the same thing for the Ravens. I think they come back on their win total, but could be just as good as they were, if not better, than a year ago. So, um, so I, again, it's just that that's what the NFL is about. You know, Pete Rozelle envisioned that back in the day where he tried to create parity. And, and I think that more than any other league, we have that in the NFL, where from year to year we see so many teams go from last to first in their division or out of the playoffs into the playoffs. And I think we're going to see more of that this year. 
Yeah, I definitely get that point. Especially, I feel like this league is very hard for a team to be consistently bad. Sort of like the Browns have been, the Giants have been. And I do think it's a lot of fun. And it's led to a situation in the NFC where I feel like you can name about at least six different teams. You could say I have a, a, pro, I have a good shot to be Super Bowl favorites. Like, who do you think is like sort of the class of the NFC right now? You know, the first thing I would say to you is that it's a marathon and not a sprint. So what I say to you now might sound funny um, because everyone basically, you know, many people base their predictions on what happened last year and contextually does not or do not look at, at, at what's changed. I'm going to say to you, I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to be right there in the mix for um, the NFC and the Super Bowl this year. Uh, I'm going to say to you, as I said about the AFC, I think Pittsburgh is going to be right there in that mix. People say, well, the Kansas City Chiefs are the best team. Right now, absolutely, they are earlier, early in the year they are. Typically, Super Bowl, returning Super Bowl champions come out of the gate pretty well. But I look at history and I say that the Chiefs are not only battling their opponents on Sunday, they're battling history. And history tells us that there has not been a repeat champion since 03 04. So if you're asking me, do I take the Chiefs or do I take the field? I'll take the field in this case. Um, but I think two teams to watch that, that, you know, if you're not going to be blinded by what happened a year ago are Pittsburgh and Dallas in my mind. Yeah, it certainly makes some sense. One team is certainly different than what we saw from them a year ago is New England. Obviously, Tom Brady out, Cam Newton in, and they still didn't do mm-hmm. too, too much on the skill positions to help out the quarterback situation over there. What do you think will New England look like this year with Newton at quarterback? I think they'll. I think they're going to be fine. Um, I think they'll be right there in the hunt for the division title, even though I have the Bills winning it. What concerns me more than just not having the skill position people, because I, I think Josh McDaniels is, is brilliant with his ability to adjust his game plans to, to who's in and what their skill sets are. It's just defensively. When you lose your entire linebacking core from a year ago, um, things like that are tough to overcome, and in, particularly in one year. And I just think there have been too many changes in New England right now to overcome all of it. So I think the Patriots will be right there in the hunt for, for the division and for a playoff spot, but I think ultimately – you know, the Bills will end up winning that division. I think the Bills were a year ahead of schedule last season. Um, they've upgraded by adding a guy like uh, Stephon Diggs on the outside to give Josh Allen another threat. Um, the young running back should step up again. I, I really like what Buffalo has been doing, and I think that, that Buffalo ends up winning that division. Yeah, that's certainly a fair point. It's something I did not really consider at this time, but the last thing I really want to ask you is, in terms of, like, you mentioned the COVID impacts before, it's like, Obviously, we've seen irregular seasons before where we've had, like, strikes shorten years and we've had, like, dates moved around because of events outside the football world. Like, what do you think the NFL would consider sort of, like, a successful season? Would it just be completing a certain number of games and getting the playoffs played? Or do you think they would be upset if they didn't get, like, a certain number in? No, I think ideally what the, uh, for them the perfect season is to be able to play the 16 games in a full playoff and hopefully at some point to be able to get fans back um, and fill the stadiums. And we know some some stadiums are going to have um, a limited number of fans based on the medical recommendations of, of their city, their state, and, and their region. Um, but for me, I think from the NFL, it's just being able to get through and have a season, a, a full season is, is a win for them. I think not having to shut down uh, prematurely is a win for them. I think they know, look, there, there are going to be some revenue issues based on COVID-19 and the fact that you're not going to have full stadiums. Um, 
and the like. But much of the NFL is driven, as we know, by TV revenue. And so I think if they can get through this where they get their full TV revenue and then they can make up some of the, the ancillary revenue in other ways, whether it's signage within these stadiums in the first six to eight rows, whatever that figure was, that sort of thing, then I think we get through it. But um, no question, I think it can be considered a successful season if they do not have an outbreak that causes them to miss games or to end the season prematurely. All right, Jim, thanks for all the time. I really appreciate it. Before I let you go, can you let people know how to follow you on social media and keep up with some of the stuff you're up to? Uh, I'm at Jim Trotter underscore NFL on Twitter, um, and you can find me on NFL.com. Um, in terms of stories I'm, I'm doing for NFL media. All right, Jim, thanks all the time. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. All right, and there you have it. That was our conversation with Jim Trotter of, NF, of NFL.com. A lot of good insight there from Jim. I want to thank you for hopping on. I also want to thank you for listening to the podcast. This is the third episode this week talking about the NFL. A lot of interesting stuff we gleaned from these three NFL conversations. As I mentioned earlier in the podcast, the conversation with Mike Sando, and Robert Mays, those episodes are out already. They are on YouTube as well. The conversations, Mike Phillips on YouTube for that information. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify. Simply search for Just End the Suffering on any of those platforms. You can find all old episodes there. As I mentioned a second ago, Mike Phillips on YouTube, the individual conversations, including this conversation with Jim Trotter, will be up there shortly. You can also follow me on Twitter, at mphillips331, that's M-P-H-I-L-I-P-S-331. And that's going to be it for this bonus episode of the Just End the Suffering podcast. Coming up next week, week one recap with the great Joe D'Aloisio. Week one NFL, week two NFL picks, and more. Until then, let's watch some football. This has been the Just End the Suffering podcast. I'm out.